Good morning. It's another Saturday. Beautiful day out, actually, today. It almost makes you want to go outside and enjoy the uh, fresh air. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I have to say that I'm extremely hopeful uh, when I've seen the early voting turnouts and breaking new records and the rest of it. I'm just hoping that breaking new records mean all these people who recognize what they let happen in 2016 are saying they're not going to let it happen this time. Because I cannot believe that by this point, after four years almost, of watching this man operate, that they haven't figured out that he is not, he does not have your interest at heart, no matter what he says to you. And he will say whatever it takes. Subtitle for this podcast this morning is Voter, which stands for, in my translation, the voice of taxpayers' economic reality. It may have taken, it's sad to say, because sometimes we learn uh, from adversity. I know I've always said, you've probably heard me say it somewhere along the line, that if you don't have bad, how do you know what good is? So, you know, we can all be enticed by anything. You know, as a kid, you go to a carnival or a, a circus or something else and you see them spinning this cotton candy it looks so fluffy and nice and it's all spun sugar so when you eat it it tastes great and you just want more but one an overdose of sugar is no good for you i mean i'm not anti things i'm just all about understanding what things are good for you and individually if you have an issue that you have to avoid certain things. But other than that, I believe life is there to be lived. But when you have someone who keeps telling you how great it is and the economy is going up and look at the stock market, that's not what put food, puts food on your table. That's not what helps send your kids to school and you get a new car or have your car in good shape that you can get it repaired when you need it or anything else. The dynamics of a good economy, as people get to understand it more, because this is something I've been into since I was young, is that if we all share, and I don't mean, you know, people, Donald Trump especially loves throwing the word socialism out there. Israel, the country that is near and dear to my heart, not with the guy who's leading it right now, fought for their freedom. But at the same time, because they knew they had to be together to fight against all the people who disliked them when they moved into that neighborhood in the Middle East, they knew that if they didn't work together, they wouldn't survive. So there was a system in Israel that was re referred to as kibbutz. It was a communal type of living. It wasn't your... Uh, hippie type, let's just throw a blanket on the grass and sit down and have picnics. It was the idea that we're all in this together. You know this concept, I think it was Hillary Clinton, her book was It Takes a Village. She knows she wasn't inventing the idea. She's been around long enough and studied people. And It Takes a Village meant we all have to work together. 
And that theme has been there throughout history. When we needed to conquer something or fight something or better ourselves, we understood that we can't just live in our hut, not talk to anybody. We have to work together for common good. That is not socialism. In fact, communism, socialism, the words are not interchangeable. They're different. Socialism is uh, a concept of making sure that you take care of people. We want health care. You want to call that socialism? I call that not having people die in the streets, not having plagues break out, making sure we have agencies that monitor things so that we don't suffer from diseases that pop up because no one is watching the store. Is that bad? We're in a country that, unlike any other, has always allowed freedom of expression, which is being subverted again. That's communism, okay, or authoritarianism. When you can't feel it, freely express yourself and be able to do things. However, as I've said, there's a price to all of this. I've always understood this. Therefore, when I was young and registered for the draft and then said, draft me, let me serve my country, I believe, I really believe, and it may be impossible at this stage, with 330 million people, all the new people that are born, they can't all go into the military. But you know what? There are so many other avenues. Damn it, we all love to interact. What the internet is doing is saying that we're all a big group. Uh, we can find the little town squares where we like the signs that are up. But we aren't shutting down everybody else except for some people who are extremists because they decided, wow, they're changing my life. Well, if your life interferes with mine. You know, I'll give you a simple example. We don't stop dogs from urinating on the street. We hope they do it in a nice corner. We do get people to understand that if they defecate, you should have a plastic bag and pick it up. So we don't either step in it, have to smell it, or have to track it around. These are health rules. We're not against the dog. It doesn't understand that it can't just do whatever it wants. You want to keep the dog? You're responsible for that, just as you are for your child. If we all understand that as we set up things so that we can interact together, do we need to just set up memorials to wars and other things that have happened so we can all go over there and all visit this one site and say, wow, that was tragic? Well, it was tragic because nobody did anything to prevent it from happening. Now, don't get me wrong. As the world has progressed throughout history, there are people who just want to take power. We are in a country where we can recognize that this is not what we want. And maybe, maybe, when we do the next election, we decide that we want to start a year earlier, and we want people to lay out what they've seen happening in our country. What are the shortfalls that we have? What are the problems? Do we have too much pollution? Are we eating up the ozone? Is it happening from other countries? Because you know what? We live on a planet. The air that travels around this earth does not know where the east and west coast of the United States is. 
the jet streams that we talk about and analyze for our weather reports, which allow us to be warned if something is coming in our direction so we could be safer. So I'm not ranting. I'm advising. All of us, we all have an obligation to ourselves, our relatives, humanity, that if we work together, hey, we may not like the people we have to work with, but by collaborating, instead of arguing, instead of saying, I don't like that group, I don't like this group, we all deserve to live and to have a decent life. And what you earn, if it's properly done without breaking laws or rules or uh, enforce, forcing yourself on other people, you should have the right to earn whatever people want to pay for. If people want to pay for your cakes because they taste better than someone else, fine. Your bakery will sell better. These are all basic concepts of freedom and understanding as we get to a world where our, our mock plots, our uh, city center is the whole world. It's on that internet. You see these maps where they show you where we cross-connect and interconnect. It allows us a greater latitude of understanding. There is no one who could afford a telephone who can't find out about whatever they're interested in. Does that mean that they'll get a job as being the head of a company? Depends. If they come up with something new, if they look at a product. This is what has happened throughout history. Somebody invented a wheel. It made it easier to transport things. Somebody said we can use an animal so we can pull it faster and easier. We don't have to do it by ourselves. Someone decided, hey, maybe I can make an engine. It started mainly with steam engines because people understood that they could harness this thing when they were boiling. Somebody was smart enough to see that pot is letting off this stuff. I put my hand over it. Oh, I get wet. Oh, it's hot. Someone understood that this was an expansion of the water molecules into steam. Hey, if I could capture that. Nowadays, we move that on. We keep changing what we use, and now we say, oh, the sun. Look at all the damn energy. It comes at us every damn day. If we can capture that light and convert it to energy, maybe that's not the best answer, but it's another answer. Does it mean we throw everything out that was there before? No. I have strived on my scientific side to say, you look at a country like China, do I blame them for trying to get away with all they can to build their country and make all the money they can? It's like I'm going to open up a restaurant because no one has a restaurant over here, and I know everybody passes it, and I'm going to serve them food that's good but cheap, and they're all going to buy it because they're going to save money and have more in their pocket. This is humans. We, we all like to get something we like for less. So the people who had the money or the control moved their operations to China, made more money, kept it offshore. We are the biggest market with the most money, so they wanted to sell the items here. And by the way, as I've explained to everybody, businesses don't pay for anything. We pay for everything, taxes, any other expense, because you build it into the product, the goods or services that you sell us. So businesses just provide what we want. 
make us pay for every cost and some profit because whoever's running it, that's what they're doing. They have to pay their bills. If they make too much out of it, we used to have regulations. As I said, one of my degrees is a major of taxation. That's the economic way of saying who does what and how do we collect enough to cover the common good. Uh, anybody knows, yeah, you talk to someone and they'll say, uh, he's corrupt, he's doing all well. Every government's corrupt. Well, yeah, it's how corrupt. What are they taking? What are they giving us at the end of all of this? Trump is a different type of businessman. He doesn't run an ordinary business. His business is how can I get you to give me money and I don't have to give you crap except for my word and my great things that I'm going to do wonderful things for you. In the old days, we used to call it snake oil salesmen. The difference is what's the program we're funding? What is it doing for us? We can see what we're getting. And by the way, even when someone is in office, we can economically have a revolution by saying, you know what, I'm not buying from them because they are hurting me. And if I can't get that, I'll find something else to replace it for right now. If I can't have a steak, fine, I'll eat a bologna sandwich. I'm making a choice because it favors me. My air is better. My water is better. So when I say voter, the voice of taxpayers' economic reality, we may not recognize that's what we're doing, but we recognize that things weren't exactly going the way they were. Uh, people who've been around long enough recognize that any president, Republican or Democrat, as I've said, I'm an American, not a Democrat or a Republican. I register with the party so I can have my voice heard a little earlier when they're in the primaries and stuff because that's the regulations that are out there. If we could change that in the future so any voter could go into any primary and make their, their wish understood by voting, that's something else we could look forward to changing. And if the guys who are making those rules are not doing it, we have to recognize it. Little by little, we get it out. I need a bed to sleep on so I can be comfortable. Maybe I want a new mattress every now and then. So I work toward that because I want something that suits me better. I don't want to deprive anyone else, but I am willing to work for what is going to make me more comfortable. That's what this is all about. And everybody out there on the street, they're part of our team, whether they recognize it or not. When I work with people, if they're too stupid to understand we have these common values and goals that we want to achieve, then I tell them, fine, go off and do your own thing. Come back when you wake up. So on the voice of taxpayers' economic reality, the first thing I talk about, and it's been a favorite two letters of mine, EE, it's economic enslavement. Whether we recognize it or not, by our own doing or others, Everybody between advertising and marketing, we all want, wow, that shiny car and those fancy wheels and the rest of it. I'm going to feel better when I drive down the street because people think I'm hot and I'm good and maybe I'll get a better date, whatever it is. Enslavement only happens when you allow it to happen in this country, okay? 
And when I say economic enslavement, when people tell you, oh, you need this, you need that. When I was a kid, a TV was considered a luxury. They were a new item. Now, a TV is a necessity. People don't even speak about it. We all have phones. Everybody wants the latest and greatest iPhone. I only change my phone when it's not being serviced anymore, when the, hard, uh, the software is not being updated. I only change my computer. Now, that doesn't mean that other people don't need a better one. We have people who are doing research, people who are doing other things. If they could have something that works better, it means they'll be more productive. So I don't have a problem with that, but we each individually have to recognize, yeah, I want a nice shirt, but do I have to pay for somebody's name on my shirt? No. If his shirt, I want the quality of the shirt. I don't want to be irritated if I get sweaty. I'd rather have cotton. They make new fa fabrics that wick better, take the moisture off. If I wear them and they work, maybe I switch to it. If they don't, I'll stick with my cotton. It's a basic fiber. It does well. So we have to do our own feedback, our own analysis. And we don't have to yell at each other about what's going on. Because you know what? As I keep telling you, we each own one share of this country, whether you're rich or poor or in between or whatever. And the more you work together, if 3,000 of you get together and you got one rich person who's got a million or a billion dollars, he still only has one vote. You have 3,000 votes. So if you want to change things, you want to work together with other people. Not form a militia or a squad who says, well, these people are changing my country. The way we raise our children, the way we teach them, the way they interact, that either perpetuates stupidity or allows them to know that everybody else is part of the working group that helps us get someplace. The next thing on my general list under this taxpayer's economic reality. The Lord-Surf relationship. Now, I talked about this in a podcast many, many months ago. I use that because it's an easy one. A lot of people have heard about back in the old days in, let's say, uh, England, or when it was the Saxons, whatever you want to call them. You had some guy who was the king, the prince, the lord, whatever they wanted to call him. And he built a castle because he knew somewhere out there, not too far or far enough, were other people who may want to come and take his stuff away. So he built something, and he was your leader. You didn't pick him, but you wanted a farm. You wanted to feed your family because it was that simple. You put the seeds in the ground. You did it. You had to give a part to him because it was his land. You know what? I hate to say this. Somewhere down the road, we're all going to realize that none of us own the land. This is this old Native American theme where they all understood they would go move around. And part of the reason for moving around, somewhere over their history, they understood that if you stay in one spot and you use that piece of ground, you're going to take all of the nutrients out of it. Just like our body needs some rest, so does the ground. As I've said, if you want to be against killing animals or this or that, grass is living. You cut your grass? Are you killing a living organism? But within reason, we have to understand what we're doing. So 
when we allow land to go fallow so it can re-energize itself, whatever it picks up from different things. We've had chemical companies come up that will give us stuff we could put in the ground. We've got to be careful because we don't want to overdo it. And then whatever goes in the ground saturates in, gets to our water, and messes up our water. We find out that all of the world is interactive one way or another. Not a big thing to realize in this day and age. We love to get on a plane and go see something else. Oh, these people look different. They act different. Oh, look at their villages. After a while, we don't even recognize that we've been so programmed that we miss our hamburger or our chicken or whatever it is that every one of the brands that we've learned to enjoy when we go to some foreign country, yeah, I love this country. It's interesting. Yeah, I'll try their restaurant, but they seem to do crazy things. They cook differently. They play with all these things that I've never seen before. Yeah, because that's what they had to eat in their area. They learned to cook it. So we open up a pizza place, a burger place, a chicken place with a name that we can see so we can go in there and feel good about ourselves. Let me tell you, they don't ship all the cows over here. They don't ship all the chickens over here. The water is slightly different with its minerals and enzymes in that part of the earth. So they actually work by testing it so that when you eat it, oh, yeah, this tastes like home. I've been to many countries. I don't expect it to taste like home. I got to be careful about things in case there's something that I know could harm me. But that's part of traveling and understanding. So this Lord-Serve relationship was somebody's going to protect us. We're going to do the land. Protect us. He lets you run into the castle, stand behind the walls, and get killed to protect him or her, whoever was in charge. Under this Lord-Serve relationship, one of the ugliest things that's happening Donald has a guy named, I think, Dr. Atlas is his name. He may be a fine doctor. I've dealt with all kinds of doctors and all kinds of medical things. You know, you don't have to be a certain thing to understand it, but generally you'd want the experts in certain fields to tell you what's going on. So he puts a guy who's a radiologist in charge of what's coming out, and this guy is talking about, and Donald Trump is talking about, and the reason he's talking about it, let me tell you, Donald will change what he's saying to fit the pattern of all the ups and downs that he's giving you from the beginning. So when he said, oh, it's nothing and it's going to go away, and we now definitively know he knew how deadly it was. But as I've told you, we have a man who lives by taking money out of our economy and putting nothing into it except his wonderful smile and his words and telling us how great he is. We need all of these people, but we don't need someone in charge who's taking and not giving, okay? Herd immunity that he's now talking about, because he's saying, well, that's why I didn't do it. It was going to happen. Everybody will hit the virus. It'll hit it, and when we've all had it, we'll be past it. Not that simple. Throughout history, if you read about medicine, even before they understood it, they understood if there was a plague, you wanted to find out where it was coming from, so you avoid it, so you don't spread it. So they didn't give out vaccine, but they figured out what was killing people. That's what we've built up over the years to get to the modern medicine that we're at. 
So we get to herd immunity, what they're saying is let everybody get infected. And then everybody will either have immunity or they'll die. I mean, it's that simple. We had a disease called mad cow disease a couple of years back. And it hit cows and some other animals, but mainly cows. And if you go back and research mad cow, you'll see it. What they did was they realized they couldn't treat it. They didn't have anything for it. They ended up destroying whole herds of cows to kill the virus so it didn't spread to other herds. We may have to pay a little more for meat because we lost the supply. We'll build it back up. But we kept ourselves from getting infected by this or losing all of our beef. It's common sense to a certain point. But herd immunity, when it comes to humans, do we want everybody to go out there and take a deep breath? Let's all try the coronavirus and see if we survive it. We're going to kill millions of people to do what they call herd immunity. The idiocy of it in simplicity is here's a man who wants to show you he had low unemployment and a great economy. When you kill off millions of people, you're going to have shortages of workers. You're going to have to pay. You're going to outbid each other to get the workers who are left. You're going to create an artificial economy till we could have enough kids or offspring to grow up. And, you know, it usually takes 15 to 20 years to bring a kid to a working age. And I say 15 because some of them at a younger age could do certain things. We fought to stop child labor when people who had a new thing and they wanted to get the cheapest thing, they'd bring kids in to work in the factory. We tried to stop that. A kid is still a human being. We want him to get educated. We want to get the most out of that. As I told you, our most precious resource, our minds. Every person is born with a mind. If we give them the opportunity to fill that mind with good stuff and exercise it and incentivize them right to stay in school, so that they learn something, but they don't feel they're losing. We end up benefiting. We don't know who's going to come up with the next great thing that'll help us, the new type of energy that'll change. So when we go back to energy, as I've said, <coughs> so herd immunity, herd immunity is the worst fallacy. It's a theory. Anybody who's stupid enough to say, we're all going to go out there, expose ourselves to the virus, and if you die, you die. The rest of us will be okay. I hate to tell you, just look at the percentage of people dying when you have the cases. We have 8 million cases in the United States. We have around 220,000 deaths. Do the percentage. Get rid of that part of the population. And generally, you're getting rid of the older ones who are more compromised. Either we've let ourselves get too fat. We, we've been eating the wrong foods and not watching our diet. We've got diabetes or other things. Sometimes we can't stop it. It's in our genetics, in our heredity. So I want us all to understand this is a world that offers us so much more than we've ever had available. We can bring almost any movie we want to see right to us instead of going out to go see it. They made me think because they're looking at when we start going more indoors in groups, the surge, when they are doing the tracing and they can do it because they didn't set it up to begin with, Trump didn't want to waste any money. The more money, you got to understand him, the more money that sits in the Treasury, 
the more he can get out of it by cycling it through the things that puts money in his pocket. That's simple. So when we follow this, we understand that what we want is to spend the money on things that we need. We've got a bill sitting there from the House of Representatives for months. Mitch McConnell doesn't want to put it on the floor. Mitch and the president are arguing. The president, this big, strong man, doesn't want to negotiate with Nancy Pelosi because she made him look like a child, which he is. So what kind of leader is he if he can't negotiate with anybody? Does he get a choice when he has to negotiate with Putin or Xi Jinping? No, they're in charge of their country. He can't say, oh, no, 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 send me your grandchild because he's my level. I can talk to him, and then we'll tell you what we want. I'm not ranting. I'm talking. I want you to all think about this. It's there. This is reality. I will be happy to get rid of this man and when I investigate what he's done because I still think most people don't realize how much he's been taken out. Yes, there's always corruption in government. When I was a kid, I'd hear about the government contracts where you paid $300 for a toilet seat that cost five bucks. Okay, but when somebody redirects everything and puts hundreds of millions in their own pocket every year, they're depriving us of a lot of stuff. And we'll get to him in a minute, because running the government is not a simple thing. I've dealt with it. I've dealt with people who run it. I've spent enough time in Washington, in foreign governments, dealing with them, understanding how they work. Voting. Voting in simplicity, my statement. Voting is the American form of revolution. Revolution doesn't mean you get your guns out and you go liberate Michigan and you want to grab the governor and you're going to put her on trial. Excuse me? Is the Wild West still open? Do we like lawlessness? We have a president who calls himself a president, says go liberate this, go liberate that. Well, Democratic governors, people who don't go along with this program, don't you understand we have a demonic, egocentric maniac? <laughs> I mean, it's not hard to see. I wouldn't hang around with this guy when I knew him back in New York, not personally, but knew of him. He's someone I wouldn't hang around. I would deal with him if I had to. I don't avoid bad things. I deal with them. Communal blending. We are a community of humans all over this planet. As we start to recognize it and stop wasting our time saying, oh, he's the wrong color. Oh, he speaks a funny language. Oh, they have funny habits. Long as they're within the laws and the rules, they don't spread disease, they don't throw garbage in the street, whatever you want to see. We have rules for that reason. It took us years to get there. You can go back and watch films like City of New York and see why they came up with the tenement laws because people used to live where someone with money built this thing that everybody would rent a little corner of a a building, as they called it. Maybe there was one toilet down in the basement. We've gotten past that. We understand that the tenement laws were built because we didn't have housing laws. We understood that this is how disease spreads. When nobody controls in denser groups, what happens? We know from this that when you gather too many people, well, the tenement rules were because too many people were being shoved in the building so somebody could make a profit. 
while you just wanted more people who live nearby to make your product to sell. If everybody dies, who are you going to sell it to? The market is very important. We are the market. Without us buying what they produce or sell as a service, whatever stock they hold, whatever company they own becomes worthless. If we decide to ride on bicycles and buy no cars, the whole auto industry would collapse. Yes, people would be out of work. But again, I'm saying what the market recognizes their power to want what we believe is right for us as a civilized group of people. Communal blending. I said recently that the internet, whether it was intended or not, has got people from all over the world going to little things that they're interested in. They don't ask what color are you, what do you look like. They just see a statement and it intrigues them because it's something they're thinking about. Normally, if we met people, we would meet them on the street or someplace and then we would see them and we'd physically say, well, I don't like the way they look. I don't like their color. I don't this, I don't that. On the internet, it all disappears. You're now meeting their thought. So you kind of blend. One of the easiest ways of showing this is a successful company called Peloton. They sell this wonderful bike. I watch commercials. I love commercials. I consider commercials an art form. There are people and companies that are paid scads of dollars to make a great commercial. If your commercial gets more people buying that product, they'll pay you whatever the hell you want because they know you're effective at getting people to want their product. So Peloton started building up this bike and you saw these generally very fit people getting on these bikes, sweating like crazy, seeing some fit instructor on the screen. So you're saying, wow, I guess all the people are athletic and in great shape. And then you'd see these commercials for Peloton where you see two bikes, one of the commercials, that are in a high-rise apartment with big glass windows looking out on a nice city, pretty room, and the bike is the main thing in that area. You've got your own exercise area. And the man or the woman on it is in great shape. They don't look like the rock, but they look like they're healthy. Guess what? The majority of us aren't that good-looking. And I don't mean pretty or nice or handsome. I mean, we're not in that kind of shape. We don't always take good care of ourselves. So as they've gotten all the people that want to go riding on their bike for an hour and sweat to death and wet their floor and pay a lot of money, how do they increase their business? The newest Peloton commercials that are out now, if you've seen them, you suddenly have regular kind of people got their bike in the corner of some room, not a big glass window looking out from a fancy apartment. They're living in their house. They've got the bike in there. They've got kids around. They take their break. They get on the bike. You see men, women, different colors, different physiques. They're not all in great shape, but they realize they want to do it. And they've added some exercise that you get off the bike. You lift some weights so you do some more exercise for the rest of the body. That's the company Peloton realizing that the commercials were only appealing to certain groups that wanted to say trim and slim. Because you know what? You don't have to be slim and trim to be fit. You could be big, but have all of your blood tests come out right and you're in great shape, your heart rate, everything else. So watch the Peloton commercials. They've changed. That's because they understand if they want to capture more market, 
They want regular people to use their bikes also. Garden science. I mean, I am tired of hearing people that want to inflict upon all of us their religious beliefs. I love science. Will I just do things because they say a scientist made it? No. I still want to know what it does and what's the story behind it and how they've tested it. Do I believe in God? Absolutely. And we all have different religions. We all look at God in different ways. But you know what? 90-some-odd to 99% of the, of the damn planet believes in God, even if they're suffering. The reason is this is this being that made us and put us here that they can't take away from us. So no matter how poor we are or how rich we are, we can still have it. If we're richer, we live in a place, we build a fancier church or synagogue. Okay, does that mean God likes us more? I don't mind building edifices or buildings for people to get together that they're comfortable in. There's nothing wrong with that. So anyway, let me just recognize all these people that I, I've gotten to love over time. Lisa, mass slaughtering of animals is not natural, it's murder. How can you love one and eat the other? Just saying. Yes, we have to do it differently. We can talk about that. That's an important understanding. Ronald Outlaw. Ronald, always happy to know you're here well. Uh, back from New York, uh, from the phone business. Uh, I worked for the phone company. He did most of his life. Believe me, those who are talking about herd immunity are those who don't think they will die. Ronald, you're right. They're not going to be out there. They want us to go out. When it's over, they'll decide what's left. The stupidity, as I said, Ronald, is when millions of us die, they're going to then come out of their house and wonder why they don't have the same market buying their product. Jerry. Jerry Olton, glad to hear from you again as usual. Here is what bothers me. If it wasn't for Nancy Pelosi, we would not have had the first CARES Act. The American public have forgotten because the way Trump speaks as if they did it, they did it. It wasn't for Nancy. I'm sorry. Sometimes when I type fast on the phone, I, I repeat things. It, if it wasn't for Nancy, we would not have gotten a good trade deal. She held it out. Let me say, I've been in government many times. There's interaction. There's bargaining up and back. It's like, you know, farmers and a, a buyer of the product that's going to sell it out to the market to set the price. They go up and back to get the best deal they can. Nancy happens to be in there. I am impressed with the brightness of this lady, period. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. I care what you're doing. And I don't care what you did when you were 15. I don't care that they're going to find that three centuries ago your ancestor said something ugly. They're trying to distract you. Just like Trump tries to find things he was impeached properly with real testimony in the House of Representatives. I knew it would never be stamped on by the Senate because he's giving them what they want. Biggest quid pro quo you could see. So we all have to start to understand this is how our country and things are working if we let it get out of hand. Nancy's good. In fact, the suit that I filed, the suit, the complaint I filed, says Donald's invalid. That means all of his people are out. And I said in my letter to the chairwoman of the Federal Election Commission, I said, and I'm not worried about disruption. My country, our country, has rules of succession. I said, you got a choice. You could put the next person in. 
if they decide Donald didn't win right or he was invalid, so they'll put Hillary in. Two weeks left, let her run the government. We don't owe him a pension because he shouldn't have been there. And by the way, that would take away every judge he ever appointed, which he gave away because he was getting money for it. He's selling our government. Autocrats are different. Some of them are beneficent. You can look up the history of Mr. Hershey, who built Hershey, Pennsylvania, and he took care of all the people. He knew he had a ready supply. He built schools and houses for them. You could either say he was taking advantage of them so he could build his company, or he was treating them as a valuable asset that he built a town and houses and schools because that's where he got his people from that could work his product and sell it. We all do things because we want things. We all give a little to get something. We have to decide whether it's worth it or not, whether the person doing it respects us, not just uses us, throw us a bone and go sit in that corner. You don't need a shelter. I need a mansion. There are differences in leaders, leaders who care about people and leaders who don't. <clears throat> whether you like what Joe Biden has done in his life, everybody's passed the law somebody doesn't like. But what has he done now? Look at Obama. We thought he was a very smart man. I did. And he cared about the country, our country, his country. He took about, I don't know, three to six years, I forget when, <clears throat> for him to evolve to finally back the LGBT type things. We're back to these things. When I see this hearing on this Amy Comey Barrett, she's an originalist. Well, you know what? If they had me there questioning her, it would be really simple. I'd look at her. You're an originalist. So let's go back. Let's see. The Constitution was written over 200 years ago. Yes. And that's what you're reading, right? Right. So it says all men are created equal. Yes. Well, you know, it was 100 years ago when women finally said, hey, we're equal too, and people of color are equal too. So if you're an originalist, why are you even going to the Supreme Court? They only wanted men. They weren't just using men as a general term. And then I would ask her, I said, you're an attorney. You've got a great background in the law. And by the way, I've studied the law. I almost became a lawyer. I didn't have the time to work on my degree. I decided if I can't put enough time in to do it the way I feel it should be done, to understand it completely, I wasn't going to continue. I started, I did okay, but I was too busy raising a family, doing work. I had to pay my way through life. I'm not arguing about that. I've lived okay all my life. That's good enough for me. If I make a zillion dollars, fine. I used to tell people, I'd be happy to say that I paid more taxes than anybody else in the country. Because to me, that would make mean I made enough money. I did what was allowable, but I didn't try and hide it all. I'm contributing to the country that let me make all that money. I'd be proud of my tax bill. Does that sound crazy? If that means I've got a candy store in the corner where I can get my ice cream or my, uh, I don't want to talk about drinks that were, you know, more regional than the rest of it. So I don't mind paying for what I consider part of my living free and enjoying life. 
That's the attitude of what we built the country on. We will work hard. Is everything perfect? Does anybody cheat? No. But when somebody takes over and is selling the country off piece by piece, that's a little overdoing it. There's a Yiddish term for that called chaza, someone who just wants to stuff everything in their mouth and may, we hope, get to the point where they stuff too much in and they choke. So when you get to God and science, I don't have to like one versus the other. I don't think we'd have science because we wouldn't have people who thought about things and created what we call science or recognized it. Somebody had to mix whatever made us start, period. Somebody had to create the planet. I don't think they just popped out of the air. So it gets into heavy discussions, but the bottom line is I can believe in God, but I can go worship where I want with the people I want. doesn't mean the people down the block who are worshiping differently. They don't sit on chairs. They, they kneel on mats. That doesn't bother me. The more they follow a religion and believe in this power, as long as their religion doesn't tell them that other people should be killed because they're heretics. And if people tell you that's their objective, those are people who are trying to use you. Most religions that I've seen, when you understand them, not the offshoots, not the crazies, but the basic religion. When Muhammad was in Mecca and he wanted everybody to get there, he had people of all colors coming there. When they got there, they realized that they all kind of believed in the same principles. So God and science, I consider there's a positivity to that. Both of us can help us. Jerry, these idiots don't understand that God was a scientist. How else did we get here? You could think of him as a scientist who mixed the chemistry that made it. Okay. <laughs> Joke, I think. William L. Trump molested COVID, and she's only 19. You know, molestation depends because we have 50 separate juridical governments within our nation. And whatever they have in one state, uh, once somebody turns 14, maybe they're legal for you to go out with and go to bed with. Maybe in another state it's 16. Maybe in another state it's 18. Where you live, you got to find out what the rules of the road are. You know, where you can park your car, what kind of license do you need. We have rules because as we get more population, we're going to be bumping into each other. We don't want to say that the person who can bump harder or shoot faster is going to be the one who gets down the block. No, we're sharing the planet. We don't have to beat up on each other to share it. And appreciating the things that everybody brings will actually let us progress more because we'll not waste time hating somebody for something that we don't understand. So whether it's a joke or not, uh, the sad part is we have things that we're starting to understand better and get out of our system, I hope. Uh, look, I've had friends of all suasions, and I don't mean colors and religions uh, or sexual orientations and everything else. Uh, if I'd be at a party with some guy who was, thought I looked good when I was younger and in better shape, came up to me and said, would you dance with me? I didn't tell him, get the hell away from me, you homo. That to me was derogatory and disgusting. I wouldn't somebody, want somebody to walk up to me and say, you're Jewish, get off the street. So I looked at them with a smile on her face. I said, no, 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 I've got my mate here, 
and my dance card is full, but thank you for the offer. I mean, we all admire paintings. Does that mean we've got to take it home? <laughs> Let's get off this idiocy. So anyway, I really want to get to this because I don't have a lot of time. We started a little late. My fault. So Trump has been working like crazy. In the old days, anybody who studied government heard about it. You heard the word lobbyist. Lobbyists were guys who knew the government and how it worked. And you as a company, if you wanted to do something or relax a regulation so your costs are less, you'd hire them to lobby the government to get you a better deal, uh, relax the regulations. Trump, since he's been in office, what you don't see, because he keeps us all distracted with everything else, is he's had people rewriting the regulations. We put in water cleanliness regulations. We put in air regulations. The ozone layer, it was being eaten up. We changed chlorofluorocarbons. There's a lot of shit going on in our world. We've progressed. We've got to make sure that what we're doing is not killing us. We just don't have to watch commercials that we have all these plastic bottles floating in the sea and there's an island in the middle of the Pacific of plastic bottles and garbage. And then there are some guys who come and make bracelets because they're cleaning up our planet. We don't have to contribute to it staying messed up. We can understand what works better. Fossil fuel. The Chinese, in order to start producing and making money, built fossil fuel plants because they were the easiest to build. It was the least expensive to get the fuel. They didn't have to dig for oil and hope they found it. And they built the plant depending on where it was. You have different types of coal. The coal that's the hard black coal called anthracite, that's buried deeper in the ground because it's been compressed more over time. But the coal that's newer from cow flop and other stuff and dead animals, it's near the top of the ground because it isn't as compressed. It's soft. Burns quicker, burns a little dirtier, but it's easier to mine. That's why you have some of these strip mines and the rest of it. So you take the cheapest product so you can make the power, so you can make the product, so you can make the money. They give you the cheap labor because now that people have jobs they never had before. So you run away and you keep your money in an offshore account. They're building up their bank account. So they have trillions and then they start using it to take over interests in other countries because they want to be dominant. Wars are different. They're not fought in the battlefield anymore. They're fought in understanding of what makes sense. Trump was told that Russia was using Giuliani to spread disinformation to influence the election. Trump just throws the FBI documents away. Sounds like what happened in 2016 with Hillary. Is this collusion? Whether it's collusion or not, I told you, voting is the American form of revolution. We are at that inflection point where we're voting. We get our ass out there, we vote. This man will be out of office. What I was going to tell you about, Trump now recognizing that he might not get a second term, he's got all these people in government writing rules. He's doing executive memos that he's not holding up for the camera. He's trying to end uh, his end-term rush on this stuff, 
on rules and regulations, and this is where he's not passing laws, he's doing insufficient notice or analysis. When people want to change something, we had rules to protect them. I'm saying, oh, yeah, let's change that. Let's cut it in half. You had to at least inform people, have people come in to have their say, do your analysis if it needed analysis, and you had at least 60 days. He's cutting that down or disregarding it and saying this is an emergency. He loves using emergency. As I said, I will not be surprised if he loses the election with an overwhelming vote. Forget the mail-in votes, but the people who go to the polls, he will still want to say, well, this is wrong. It was rigged, and I'm going to call out the troops. This is an emergency. He will try. I hope the military remembers what they said, and I hope they just don't go like he sent them to the southern border, not for the fence. He was testing out his muscles, his power. Don't be surprised when he wants to use it to send them out, our military, to stop us from stopping him. And I tell you, peaceful transfer, this is a man that when he loses, okay, when and if, if people are smart enough to finally recognize what he's been doing, forget what he's saying, what he's doing, shut off the power and the water to the White House and just have everybody stand around till he leaves the building till he sweats that orange hair off his head. I don't care. Biden, we can put him up somewhere else for the time being. We have a lot of uh, federal buildings. It's called a siege in the old days. You starved people out till they gave up and they left their town and you took over. He has, there are rules and I ran tax departments. Taxation is one of my majors. Is uh, always been this idea between what's an individual contract and what's an employee. So big companies who've decided that, hey, I can make taxis without getting medallions and the regular stuff, and that was Uber. Now you have Lyft and a lot of other companies. Both those companies have billions of dollars floating around. They want to make money out of these people who are driving and using their vehicle, but they don't want them as employees. They don't want to give them benefits or overtime or whatever. Do you know what happens when you don't give people benefits and they're independent contractors and they can't get insurance because it's too costly and they end up in an accident and they end up in the hospital? We don't let people die in the streets. So we end up treating them. That cost of them being in the hospital, in an emergency room, in an operating room, gets put into the dollars of overhead that come into the policies we buy. The Affordable Care Act, which again, I tell you, the reason the Republicans couldn't replace it or do something, it came out of the Heritage Foundation, a conservative foundation that Mitt Romney used when he was governor of Massachusetts to do what he did for a medical plan. So when Obama picked it, he knew it had the elements that were right. The mandate was something to say, if you don't buy a policy, because we all, if we study a little bit about insurance, we know if we get term insurance, which is cheaper, and we get into a big group, it'll cost us less for that coverage. What you do is spreading, spreading the chance of the insurance company paying off. They've got more people contributing, so it costs less because there's only going to be a certain percentage that will collect. So by putting the whole country into a pool 
that allowed you to pool resources and charge the people who, when we're young and we think we're invincible, what do I need insurance for? I'm Superman. When I end up in the emergency room and we pay because it's built into our cost, those companies have to pass all the costs on to us. They don't pay the costs. They take the costs and put it into the goods or services that we pay for. So when people aren't paying for it and use that stuff, they put it in the price they charge us where we buy a policy so we know we have coverage for our family. Simple stuff. Not explained. So when they get rid of the mandate and they're doing this and they're not, they'll tell you any lie they want. We need a comprehensive coverage for insurance. If they knock it all out, the insurance companies start again where they each have their different rates and the pool is smaller and we're all going to pay more. It's that simple. I will gladly speak with anybody who's a mathematician, uh, an actuary, an economist. I don't care. I've studied all this crap. I've dealt with it. One of the things Trump is rushing through because of people who put in millions of dollars in his pockets, one way or another, is the transportation industry for LNG, liquefied natural gas. We're using more gas. It's not as dirty as the coal. Uh, and we found lots of it, so we got to get it to the right place. We were arguing over pipelines and everything. I got all that. But what he's doing is making it easier for railroads to transport this stuff. Now, a single tank of liquefied national, natural gas is 30,000 gallons, generally at a temperature of minus, minus 260 degrees. The reason for that is the cold compresses the molecules of the gas. They can fit more in that tank. They keep down their cost. It's an offset between refrigerating it to that temperature and fitting more into the tank. But now you're going to get, because of what he's rushing to change, you're going to get it so trains can have cars full of liquefied natural gas running down the tracks, and these compressed gases, if an accident's happened, I don't care if you have the best system in the world, somebody broke a rail, somebody left something on the tracks, whatever, and an accident happens, this is a bomb. If it ruptures when there's an accident, and then what's next to each one? When it explodes, the next few tanks will explode from the power of that expansion of the gas. Real simple. You don't have to be a PhD in any science to understand this. You know, if you push too much shit in your garbage bag, you'll see when you shove it in, eventually the bag breaks open. An accident can rupture these things. And he wants them not only to be transported by rail, but faster so they don't have to go as slow. I want to put a tank under his house so that when the first tank explodes, we just ignite the one under his house. This is the old Hammurabi eye for an eye justice. I wouldn't do it. I would rather just throw him in jail and let him contemplate what he did wrong. So higher speed limits. He's changing the air standards. He already changed a lot of them. He rolled back the particulates that go in the air, the ozone that goes into the air. 
So it means manufacturers of cars or engines or mufflers, they have it easier. Their expense is less. They'll pay him more money. Again, remember, anything they're paying him is part of their expense. Whatever their expense is goes into our pocket when we buy that product or service. So those people who own the companies or run them, they're not paying it. We are. So we're paying to kill ourselves. Keep thinking about it that way because no business operates without transferring all expenses to their customers. And they need a profit to pay the people who are working there. Otherwise, they're not going to work there. They have living expenses. So every expense of a good or service is put into what we pay for. So are we paying to dig our own grave? Yes, we are, because he's changing this. And what he's doing, he's putting in new rules, because he doesn't need Congress to pass a law. I've dealt with laws, and I know when they're done, I've gone to hearings where you now need to do the rules and regulations of how we're going to interpret the law. And I've seen, I've worked with experts, I've testified myself on different things that I had the right knowledge to testify about. He's changing the laws of these rules and regulations so that they make it harder to undo what he's changing. So if he says, yes, you can pollute the air more, and the rule says you can't change this unless Congress does do a three-year study. So what he didn't do to make sure it was okay, he's going to force the next people in to undo and not do it easily? I hate to tell you. Let me be the next guy in that White House, and I will show them how to undo these things. And you know what? Joe Biden's been around a long time with rules and regulations. I don't give a shit what he got wrong 30 years ago. Like I said, Obama evolved to the point where he sponsored LGBTQ. Sorry if I don't put all the letters there. Anybody who knows me knows I am not against people, any kind of people. So he's also filling scientific advisory boards. Now, this is the guy who told scientists what to say at the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, blah, 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 because they had to say what back what he said even if he was wrong. So now he's filling, because we have a large government. We have a big country. We've developed things. So we have advisory boards that help us not do stupid things. He is now, now filling a lot of these positions with people who will get a contract because they don't disappear when the next administration comes in. They roll over. Joe Biden knows enough about how our government operates and the people he'll have that if we have to get rid of these guys, there are ways of doing it. I don't want to go into all of that. But Trump is trying to stack the scientific advisory boards that he didn't listen to and people he got rid of because the less payroll he paid out, the more money in the Treasury for him to take. It's that simple. I can't wait till everybody recognize what he's really been doing. He's also on immigration, making it harder for immigrants to come here. The reason he had a low unemployment rate, we always have people dying, people being born, the country growing. The influx of immigrants have always helped us keep up with the employment that we need, period. It's like we need new people when other ones retire and the rest of it. When he artificially, by halting immigration, 
Of course, more people were working because you couldn't pick any new ones to start and keep your business going. I told people 4% unemployment is more or less full unemployment. You need people in reserve if somebody gets sick or dies. By choking off immigration, except for visas that he allowed or used himself for his businesses, he made it impossible for us to get new people in to keep our economy growing and going. This is not rocket science. I could explain it to anybody in detail. I'm not selling you a bill of goods. I've worked with this stuff all my life. So what he's doing is he's tightening the immigration rules before he leaves office. That if somebody wants to come in, you got to get not just their fingerprints. He needs their eyeball prints, their face prints, their feet prints, their DNA, their other stuff. Whoever sponsors him, he's got to see three years of your records, financial and otherwise. Now, that may sound good if you're sponsoring somebody. you got to show you're responsible. We don't want them just living in the country and we have to pay for them. I agree with that. But this is the man who won't let you know what's on his tax return, who he owes money to. And I don't care that he makes money. This is the man who's running around saying everybody should pay their fair share, except for him. I will be happy when we're rid of him, but happier when they finish investigating and unwinding. Just like when Obama took office and the economy tanked, he had to spend a few years straightening it out to make the economy get back on track. We didn't get the full value of what Obama could have done had he been handed a regular economy. I'm happy that Joe Biden has knowledge of how our government works, so when he gets in there, he won't have to learn where all the corners are and what's hidden in the closets. He will be more effective because of his knowledge of what you can and can't do and how to make it happen. That's what we need. We know that our wall fell over. We need a carpenter. We don't need a rocket scientist. And I'm not saying Joe's not smart. I think he's a nice guy. I've run into him in my lifetime around Washington and other places. He's a nice guy. So if we're going to get someone in there, I want someone who's a nice guy, who hasn't been stuffing his pockets with our money and is not letting people take our money away or forcing us to pay more to certain interests. Trump's title should really be lobbyist in charge. People follow me. I, I'm going to make it quick because we ran over. We started late. And believe me, I can go on forever on this stuff. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram. It's A-E, the word equals, then M-C, and then the word squared. You'll find me on both of those. You'll find me on Spotify. You'll find me with the formula I openly say I borrowed from Einstein. I put my A in front of the E equals M-C squared. The A-E equals M-C squared. It's not the theory of relativity. It's the theory of Alan Epstein. Alan Epstein equals more clarity. This sign I produced off my own computer that's wearing out, make it happen, M-I-H. It's a simple way of saying, you know, there are people who like the phrase, get it done. Yeah, get it done. Okay, but we make it happen by working together, by respecting each other and recognizing that you don't build a house or a bridge or a road by yourself. We all can enjoy this planet more if we stop wasting our time and money on hating. So I'm going to wind it up because they've let me go over because I ended up starting late. 
Again, I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Alter Ego is fine. Uh, she'll be around. I always enjoy having her around, obviously. Uh, I enjoy her because she's very intelligent and someone who will do the research and do the work and grew up understanding what work means and the benefits of doing work. So I like people who are real. And I have nothing against anybody who's born rich. So let us end this. Send me anything you want if you have plans. And believe me, I've got a big thing that I'm going to try and post, and I hope it goes viral, about Thanksgiving. My slogan is Thanksgiving 2021. You'll see it out there if you watch. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. Get out and vote. Get everybody out there to vote.